Hey, Lily Ho, listen to Reno's. It's your friendly neighborhood podcaster here, Dando, reminding you that everyone's favorite nettlecore band, Oakley Doakley, are just a couple of weeks away from their first ever Australian tour. But don't worry, they're not coming alone. Joining them is Melbourne's own Simpsons themed doom rock band, Dr. Colossus. The tour will consist of five dates kicking off in Brisbane on February 11th at the zoo, February 12th in Canberra at the basement, February 13th in Newcastle at the Cambridge Hotel. February 14th in Sydney at Crowbar, and finally February 15th in Melbourne at the Corner Hotel. Oakley Doakley, Dr. Colossus, first ever Australian tour this February. Tickets available right now at oakleydoakley.com. See you there, neighbourinos. There goes the finest trucker who ever lived. He called me Greenhorn. I called him Tony Randall. It was a thing we had. In 38 years, he never missed a shipment. But I guess this is one delivery old red won't be making. Oh, yes, he will. And on time, too. Oh, no, honey, no. I've got you, honey. I owe it to old red as both his friend and his killer. Oh, let me go with you, Dad. Don't you have school? Don't you have work? Ah, too shabby. Bye, Marge. <laughs> Aren't you going to say bye? Goodbye, Alma. That didn't sound like you meant it. All right. Goodbye, sweetheart. Have a nice trip. That's more like it. So long, suckers! <laughs> Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review one of my favourite episodes of Season 10. It's Maximum Homer Drive. I'm Dando. I'm Mitch. Is this really one of your favourite episodes? Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. I know it's absurd, but it's a really fun story that ne- like it never leaves you bored. I-, I know it's ridiculous. In the end, like Homer turning the truck over, the, the convoy and whatnot, it's just out of this world absurd. But I've always found it fun. The B plot's a little weaker than I remember it being, but still I enjoyed it. I actually would kind of, in a way, went the other way around. I thought that the B-plot was where m- most of the comedy was in this episode. Yeah, um, okay. I, th- I think maybe just... I'll, I always like Bart and Homer wacky adventures. It mm-hmm. reminds me of just going on road trips. And granted, I'll give you that. The, the, there's more humour. I guess when Homer's around with Marge, like Homer's funny there, but there's more humour in, the in the B-plot. But towards the end, like for, for me, I'm just sort of thinking... Maybe it's just me, but when is a, um, a doorbell ever... Noisy on the out on the outside. Ah, uh, well, I guess it's a super powered doorbell. It's noisy everywhere. Okay, because I just sort of. No, sometimes like... you can. I, <laughs> I like a doorbell that's noisy on the outside because there's nothing worse than when you push the bell but you don't know if it worked. I guess I can't remember the last time I actually pressed a doorbell. I mean, I don't um, go visit people. I don't. I don't like people, so I just you know. Yeah, I just walk straight in. Um, yeah, yeah. Of, often the people I visit aren't home, uh, or at least they're pretending not to be. So, or well, if the door's locked, that means they don't want me there. So I just leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Or grow in the back. Now, kind of say before we get into today's episode, so we have somewhat of a ticking time bomb here in the room. So Nicola's gone to get some um some essentials for to make lunches and whatnot tomorrow. I thought so you were about to me. say some. I thought you were about to say some Imodium tablets, and I was concerned that you might have been in a poor state. So what's happened is she's left Elliot. So she's left the monitor in the room with me. So I've got probably you know twenty minutes before she's back. But any time in the next twenty minutes, we could be hearing some shenanigans. Now here's the question. Mm-hmm. Do I go help him or do we just power through it? Um, I think there's a, a several parenting methods that suggest running to the baby every time it cries is not the best method. Um, nah, what, 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 you know what worked for us actually? I know it's completely off topic, but what worked for us, for all you budding parents out there, there were some people who when we got the sleep nanny were saying, oh no, that's cruel, you're letting him cry out. Well, we didn't let him cry out. Basically... When he started crying... Let him bleed would, out, then you never heard from him again. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of quick punches and he's done. No, we would go in there, you just tap his bum for 10 seconds or so, no more than 10 seconds and leave the room. Mm-hmm. And eventually, once they get the idea that, oh, it's okay, mummy and daddy are just out there, that's what works for us. So, right, I'm, okay. strong, I, I'm strongly against letting them cry out. I know that so, some people choose to do that, that's, that's their initiative. But So, it's a method of crying won't get me out of the room, but there's comfort at the same time. It's kind of sitting on the fence slightly yeah so it's like you go in there 
But after after about 30 minutes, if they haven't settled, you just go in there and do what you normally do. But I don't recommend letting them cry out because A, it's really hard. Like it's, I mean, imagine if Murphy was crying out, not in pain, but crying out sad. Mm. Could you sit there and listen to it for half an hour and not do anything about it? No, I couldn't. That's why they sleep on the bed. Yeah, that's what. Literally. Yeah, no, that, that's a hundred percent the reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, does he whinge? Does he whinge if he's not in the bed? When he was a puppy, so we had him in a crate, but he was just really, really sad. And then in a crate, as as we, well, not a crate, crate, but like um, a playpen type thing in the bedroom. Um, and he just would not stop until we put him on the bed, and then he was quiet, and he nuzzled up in between us and slept. And we're like, oh well, I guess this is going to be our the next twelve years or so for us. Well, we got um. Jet, Nicola's like, he stays in the utility room. That's what they call it in the UK, the laundry, the utility room. And that's what her mum, Nicola's mum always did. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, you're married to a dando. This dog ain't sleeping in the fucking utility room, all right? So, no. No, so what, night by night, he's slowly, so he got out of the laundry, then he was staying in the hallway. And then eventually, he would get into the bedroom floor. And it was, with, it was within five days. So we picked him up on the Sunday. But by Friday, he was in between us on the bed and he's been there ever since. <laughs> but anyway, I so love Mac- stories like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've got to love animals. But Maximum Homer Drive. So you don't... Did you, so you, you thought it was good, but you thought the B-plot was better. Well, I think the story itself is fine. Like, I can understand um, what you were saying about liking this episode in that at its core when Homer and Bart are together, it's just nice. Like, they're not antagonistic to each other. If anything, there's a sense of admiration from Bart. Mm. Um, so, I do like that aspect of it. It just didn't make me laugh out loud very often. Um, I think that was, if anything, like I... Um, the note that I wrote at the end of this was possibly the weakest Schwarzwalder in terms of... It, it, not in terms of it being a bad episode. There's not... Like, there's, there's really nothing in here that I would um, pick on. It just didn't make me laugh a, a lot. Um, there's been episodes this season that overall I think are worse that have been funnier. Um, so, so would you prefer this one over Bart Carney or King of the Hill or what about? Well, he Swartzwater wrote Homer Simpson in Kidney Trouble. Mm-hmm. Do you think this one was not as good as that one? Or um, I feel like I laughed more in Homer Simpson in Kidney Trouble. The- there was more, there's more, yeah, there was more humor in that, but I feel like the story fell off a cliff a lot more in that one. But did a bit, yeah. yeah um, but it, but it, to but an it, extent. So, like I said, I'm not saying that this is, structurally, this is not a bad episode. Um, the A plot and the B plot both work. They're, all of that sort of stuff is fine. It's just that it didn't make me really laugh hard. It, you know, it was pleasant. It was like a, um, uh, I don't know, it was like catching up with a school buddy from 15 years ago that you got along with fine then, you get along with fine now, but you're not going to be in a hurry to see them again. No, what, 20 minutes and you're done. <laughs> yeah. From this day forward, your names will be... Oh, Neil Park. There's actually been some really good ones this week. Uh, Neil Park, Homer raises the stakes. Mm, not bad. Um, stakes as in food. <laughs> Chris Darby, Homer's red semi. It's, uh, it's a bit rude. Nick Barbaro actually... Um, yeah, right up, the, right up the top this week with Greenhorns and Ham. That's actually, yeah, not bad, Nick. It's, it's well really, played. really top-notch. That's as, that's as good a listener suggestion as we've had in a long time. Mark Burgess with Dead Red Redemption. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, Beck Lehman, Trucker Snore Us, Trucker snore uh, which us. I enjoyed. At yeah. first, I was. it was actually, um, I had one of those stupid moments where it took a moment, it took a while for that to dawn on me. I was like, oh, what, what like... It's attacking the episode. And then I was like, oh, wait, he fell asleep at the wheel. It yes. all works. Uh, Luke McKay, I normally don't allow these through, but only because he put a really good gif of Sylvester Stallone turning his trucker cap around backwards, Dover the top. Yeah, you don't like um, the doze, do you? I don't, because it's every week. <laughs> and, you know. Uh, mine, this week, uh, I didn't go for a pun this week. I, um, Although I am going to need to... Log back into Evernote. Sorry, give me one second. I that's thought right. I had that logged in. I put, one together. I put one together this oh, week. Oh, did you? you want it? Yeah. That's the first time in a long time. Yeah, Please. I thought, fuck it, why not? <laughs> I got stakes, fakes, and auto drivers. Okay. I think there was something pretty similar sent in from one of our patrons. Oh, Are you okay. sure you put that together? Uh, I literally, well, you messaged me saying, hey, can I have an extra 20 minutes to eat my dinner? So, I spent that 20 minutes just standing <laughs> around. I thought, what can I do? Oh, I'll just whack it. I feel like I think of a new name. I haven't even looked at the Facebook page, to be completely honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, mine was um, uh, new big on a big. Re- sorry, hang on. 
It's a tongue twister. New gig on a big rig and a doorbell that won't config. That's that's too, that's too long, sir. The t- TV guy will not have it. <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> it's too long uh, too long visually, but it's yeah. fine to say out loud. As a uh, pun, yes, yeah. Yeah, um, I think that was mostly because we were in New Zealand over the weekend, so I just wanted to have a sentence that sounded funny to say in a Kiwi accent. There's yeah. a new gug on a bug rug and a doorbell that won't confug. Wait, that was your New Zealand accent? No, that was uh, Ash's New Zealand accent. She just took over the microphone. <laughs> Direct all hate mail to her. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia. Now, I've got a few more than three questions this week. I'm going to pick Ooh. I'm going to pick out five of them. Five? Yes. Jesus. I've got five. So, I'm going to... I'll start because I've got, obviously got more than you. All right. So, yep. start, start with an easy one. What did Homer order to drink? Um, at the restaurant. Mm, yeah. Easy one, you say. Um, I'll just frinkyack this quickly. <laughs> no, no. What I'm trying to do... Oh, that's better. Uh, here's, a hint, here's a hint. It's kind of what he drank in King of the Hill. Um, oh, yeah, King of the Hill. Yeah, the one where he climbed for the power source. Kind of like what he drank in that. What did he drink in that? He was just eating power source. No, he... he, he, he Grinded something down, blended something, and drank it. Oh no! Sorry, no, he didn't drink it. He ate it as a as a in bar form. Apologize. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, apple cider. Uh, meatball. Oh, remember spaghetti? <laughs> yeah, in bar form. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I'm yeah. with you. Terrible thinking... clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also terrible by me for really not being anywhere near the answer to either of those. Um, all right. Uh, do you want a question for me, or are you just going to keep firing out yours? I can fire more out while you think of one if you like. <laughs> no, 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 no. What veg? What type of vegetable was Red delivering? What type of vegetable was he delivering? Was it artichokes? It was artichokes. Artichokes and immigrants. Yes. <laughs> Do you think it would have been funny if they had of? No, nah, I guess it's funny that you never saw them. It was just that's the gag at the end that you, the whole time you had immigrants oh, in there. Yeah, no, if you saw them, it would have been bleak as yeah. hell. <laughs> Some wire season two kind of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Particularly after what they've been through. I can't imagine many of them were still alive after that after that tumble. roll. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the name of the cow that Homer ate during the eating contest? Um, so, the drunk cows say it in hallucination. Oh. Archie? Walter. Walter. I was not Sorry, paying much attention. I had a drink of water. I nearly choked myself. <coughs> Continue. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, what was the what, well, what was the restaurant's name for that steak for the seventy-two ounce steak? Uh, ah, sorry, no, not seventy-two. That was the original one for the um for the sixteen-pound steak. Sir Loinalot was Sir Loinalot. Yes. Loin-a-lot. Um, I did some conversions, by the way, being uh, under the metric system. Seventy-two ounces is about two, two kilos. Two, two kilos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and which is uh, big, 16, <laughs> massive. Sixteen pounds uh, was like seven kilos or something. It's enough to kill you. Come oh yeah. Uh, do you think you could actually die from overeating like that? I think you could. I think you could. Well, that happened to um. I know in the documentary Seven, starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, but the big fat dude ate himself to death. Oh yeah, glutton guy. Yeah, which is yeah. the one that's um gets uh strapped to the bed and just pretty much deteriorates. Uh, sloth. Sloth. That's right. And then he's not dead yet. Spoiler alert. Mm. Scary. Scariest yeah. moment in the whole movie. Oh, terrifying moment. Yeah. All right. My next question. Uh, here's a really easy one for you. All right. What's the name of Red's truck? Uh. It's on the door. It's hmm. a bit close up, and the wolf is the symbol. Yeah, I'm trying to. It was Rex something or other. Red. Red. No, that, 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 there was once a group of kids called the Little Rascals. Yes, Red Rascal. Yeah, Red Rascal. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, so this is what I mean. Like I was watching this episode, but it just it was just nice and fine the whole way through. But nothing actually connected to me. Um, on the subject of that logo, which uh, cartoonist was that in the style of? Uh. No idea. I, I know that's the, it's the it's that same wolf that Jim Carrey turns into in the mask, right? In the mask, yeah. Tex Avery. Tex. Ah, okay. Yep. Yep. I, I like that name. I know that name. But I just wouldn't be able to put the two together. Yeah. Um, uh, how much did Homer's hat cost? At nine ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I did pay attention to at least one thing. 
Um, actually, I paid attention to all of it. It just didn't stick. <laughs> I've got one more question. One more question. Okay. How much stake does Dr. Hibbert have in the slaughterhouse? What percentage? 15%. 12%, early. Damn. Uh, I'll hit you with one final question. What were the okay. name of the two Jehovah's Witnesses? Oh, I got me. I have no idea. Uh, it was Marlon and Noreen. Mm, they are very Jehovah's Witness names. <laughs> one, one of my favorite moments of the episode. Yeah, I know. It's the complete opposite of what you would expect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's pretty much us, though. Like we, Besides my family, very rarely... I mean, when's the last time you had an unexpected guest? You know when you were younger, like your mate would just come over and knock on the door and say, hey, is, oh. is Mitch home? Like when you get to our age, you just don't have unexpected guests anymore unless it's your parents or something. No, no, absolutely. It doesn't happen. Yeah. And we also have a sign that says, like, don't, no door knockers. So, I do. Thank, I don't thank, have that. But I'm not home during door knocking hours for the yeah, most part. That's so true. I don't well, really we only put that, that there because um, they'll wake an alley up when you're sleeping in the front room. That's the only reason. One thing we also have, and I want to take it off the letterbox, but Nicola won't let me, is the no junk mail. I like reading junk mail sometimes. Like I go to my nan's place and she's got like all the, you know those booklets that have all the vouchers in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't get them anymore. It upsets me. You get some good car yeah. wash deals in there. <laughs> yeah. Good subway deals as well. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I used to love the two for $3 Whopper Hungry Jacks vouchers. They were great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is trivia for this week. Thank you. Oh, no, it's not. That's, I don't thank anybody. I thank the people for the next bit, which is the Patreon mailbag. You can thank me. Yeah, thank you for contributing to that, Mitchell. All right, time for the patron mailbag. It's the patron mailbag time. Okay, patron mailbag is brought to you by our beloved $20 patrons, Jordan Ritchie, David Harrington, Christopher Darby, and David Nayer. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Spoke to Jordan on the phone this week. Lovely, lovely chap. He loves Dragon Mm. Ball Z. Uh, also, thank oh, you to our new $5 plus patrons. We've got Jessica Davidson, Steve Dundas, and oh, Martin Wright, and Logan B. So, thumbs up to you guys. Thank you for contributing and supporting the show. Don't forget, guys, if you want to support the show and get a bunch of exclusive content in return, uh, on the Four Figure Discount Patreon page, we now have Talking Seinfeld, which launched this week. We're also continuing now. Mitch and I, our Tales of Futurama podcast. So there's a Seinfeld podcast, Futurama podcast. We've got a Mandalorian podcast where we reviewed every episode of season one. Also did a Stranger Things podcast where I reviewed every episode of season three. We're also doing Simpsons commentaries now, going back to the start and doing commentaries on every single Simpsons episode. And we've just started doing some more top 10. So plenty of exclusive content on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page for as little as $1.00. You can be a patient for as little as $2. You can be getting access to those podcasts, access to the Facebook group, the prize draw, and more. Now it's time for the actual mailbag. So the first question comes from, there's a couple of people have this similar question, Jonathan Rossi and Jonathan McKay. They say, what's the biggest amount of food you've ever eaten in one sitting and did you regret it? Oh, wow. This is a very timely question. So myself and uh, four friends just Friday, uh, this Friday last, went up to Blue Bonnet Barbecue in Brunswick, um, who I think it's a limited time thing that they've been doing, but it was called The Bottomless. So you pay 65 bucks a head. And as long as you keep finishing them- 65 a head? Yeah, yeah. But hold on. As long as you keep finishing the trays they give give you, they will keep bringing it out to you. Um, And so this is American barbecue. So it was brisket, pork ribs, um, pulled lamb- uh, beef cheeks were included. There were some amazingly good chicken tenders that they'd done that were fried, um, and then a few sides and bits and pieces and stuff like that as well. Can you um, can you decide what you want to eat? Because let's say, for example, I went up. Would I have to no. eat pork ribs? Yeah, you do. So, uh, well, well, I mean, unless you wanted to, unless you had organised something. Oh, there's pork belly they did as well. But unless you'd organised something within the table, um, but it's a oh, one so, in so all it's a in. Share, so it's a share thing. Yeah, it's just brought out on a share plate. Ah, okay, um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. With my group, we were all up for everything, so we just, you know, sort of took even even portions of it all. Um, but it's, it was one in all in. So to do it, everyone in the table has to commit to it. Um, and I think we went through five or six trays of food. Um, just, but how big's the tray? Like how much food per tray? So, so the first serving that came out would have been at least. Uh, there would have comfortably been four or five hundred grams of brisket on there. There would have how there much? were four or five hundred grams on the first tray. Um, now of brisket, that's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, there was probably three hundred grams of lamb. There would have been five or six pork ribs. 
Um, and then there was some chips and there was some coleslaw and stuff like that. Uh, I think that was tray number one from memory. Tray number two was a pork belly, like a, a whole pork belly that had been sliced. Um, the the chicken, so say eight chicken tenders. Like it, it was, I mean, A, it was bottomless. So it doesn't really matter how much is on there because you could just keep eating it and getting mm-hmm. more. Um, it was a two-hour time window. That was the other thing that they that I need to include. Uh, but yeah. Did the that, said all I could eat. Let's just say that we were all in a state of, when you, we all hit, like, I don't know if you've ever eaten that much that you hit the wall and you know the exact mouthful that did it to you. I was halfway through a pork rib and I was like, hmm, feeling pretty full. Don't know how I'm going to go here. And then the next bite was the one where my body just went, do not put anything else in me or we're going to have problems. Yeah. And um, I mean, I waited three minutes before I put more into it and- Oh, well, let's just say that um, we were both losers in that particular battle. But, uh, oh, man, delicious food. Really good. Just, just undo the pants and hit the toilet and just refresh yourself. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. I remember once I had a, um, it was called the Mount Palmarama. I think it was, it's on the Trail of Terrace in Geelong. I can't remember what it's called. It's the pub that's across the road from oh, the, uh, the drive through Palmy place. Yeah, but this is before it was a drive through Palmy place. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was Mount Palmarama, and I think it was five chicken parmigianas stacked up on a bed of steak fries, steak chips, Oof. and I Oof. ate the whole I ate the whole thing. Oof. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, th- I threw up afterwards, so technically I'm weak, I know, but I didn't throw up for th- a good couple of hours afterwards, but I think it was just because yep. my body was physically sick of digesting all this meat and cheese, you know? We went out to, uh, which what was the, um, is it Scottish? Scot- uh, no, Irish Murphy's. Irish Murphys that were doing yeah. the Kilo Palmy Challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I so did, we went I out did, there I did, friends. I did that. And the Met Palm Run was probably twice the size of that. Oh, okay. Well, that's even more impressive because what I'm about to say is that Palmy was like two kilos big. Um, and they fessed up to it months after this, but they let you do, um, they let you take some home. So myself mm. and my mates had gone, we'd, you know, eaten various portions i brought some home and then just for fun i thought i'll chuck these on the scales and see how much is left and one of them after having been eaten still weighed 1.1 kilos really yes it was like Holy what the shit. fuck this is false advertising that's crazy i don't think i would have been able to eat well that five palm is probably would have been close to two kilos but i don't think this one i had the one kilo one was two kilos like it, it looked yeah and I worked in the deli, so I got a, I get a general sense when I'm holding something. I'm like, yeah, it's about a kilo because I just have to do it for yeah, a yeah. living. But yep. yeah, it was pretty close to it. But maybe with all the cheese and shit on top, it might be more heavier. Uh, I'll try to find for you uh, on the Hamish and Andy podcast. They uh, have people like to get a Hamish and Andy coin. Um, you just write in and tell them something you're really good at. They had a guy who said that he could guess within ten grams the weight of any particular deli meat or like, you know, so they would say, I want 350 grams of champagne ham and he would have to estimate before hitting the scales. Um, it's very, very funny. Yeah, yeah. Did he get it right? No, not even close. Oh, okay. <laughs> For all you deli workers out there, generally a kilo of chicken breast is about four. Hmm. Like if you get, if you get, if they're small breasts, maybe five of their really big three, but if they're just the average size chicken breast, four and you'll be within 200 grams every time. But I, I used to be really disappointed if I was more than 50 grams out either way when I was doing deli stuff. Like, I, yeah, you right. know sometimes the deli workers are out by like 100 grams. They're like, well, you say $4 worth. And I go, it's 320 okay? And I'm like, no, bitch. I said fucking $4. Like, <laughs> like I, I, would, I would feel ashamed. Like, I would, if, if I wasn't within, say, like 20, 30 cents, I would never ask it because it's just it's too much in my opinion. But I took my deli work yeah. very seriously, as you can tell. But uh, yeah, so my, my, Mount Palmarama for me, I also had the, um, you ever tried a pounder from McDonald's? It's basically just four chicken quarter pounders in one. No, I never did. Um, yeah. Oh, um, wait, you forgot pretty... to mention, you forgot to mention that time Geelong belted Hawthorne, you had to eat all those cheeseburgers. Oh yeah, the cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah you couldn't could um, even finish that. You got like six in and you're just like, I'm done. I'm getting the sweats. L- yeah, losing football teams and cheeseburgers were a dangerous mix. <laughs> um, it's not the burger that gets you in that, it's all the bread. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next question comes from Georgia Catherine. She says, what's your best road trip memory? Ooh. Once, um, one time I drove to Echuca with an ex-partner of mine and we brought her dog. It was just this little... Oh, I like all dogs, except this one. It was just one of those little yappy, feral-looking, <laughs> hairy, matty things. Yeah, okay. So you like and dogs as a concept, but this was a shit dog. This was a shit dog. 
and it was on you know, so like a three and a half hour drive to Chuka. And we we you know we're there for the about five days. We're on our way back. We got about I'd say twenty minutes driving home, and I realized that I forgot to put the dog in the car. We left it in the hotel room. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of forgot. No, nah, but I, I actually I would never do that to a dog. But yeah, so that was the um the drive back was not pleasant. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, I'm always pretty fond of the time on a road trip back down from Queensland to Victoria that um I caused irreparable damage in the relationship with my mother and I. Um, when I sent a group text message out to everyone just as like a, hey, FYI, we just passed this town. Um, you know, progress is good. It was just one of those like, we're, we're traveling and we're safe type messages. And then uh, I got a message straight afterwards that just went, um, I'm sorry, what? And it then became very apparent that I had forgotten to tell my mother that I was moving from Queensland back to Victoria. Ooh. Yeah, so you had mm. these with your mum. I remember there was another time that you, you and your mum just weren't talking because of something you said to her. So it says, that's like your, it's your habit, annoying your mum. <laughs> forgetting to tell your mum you're moving state, kind of a big deal. Yeah, it turns out. I tried to... It, it did. This did not work, but I tried to turn around and it's positive. I was like, well, naturally, I just assumed I would have told you because you're the first person that I would think to tell. Did, was it a case of that you just planned to never tell her and you accidentally added her to the, to the list of people you no. messaged? No, I just I just plain forgot she existed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check. Hang on, let's the Facebook page closed. Let's got to open up the um the mailbag. But yeah, so all all things good with your mum. How does she forgive you? How long did it take? Time heals all wounds, Dando. Um, it, how long real? did it take? Um, uh, you'd have to ask her. I don't know if it's a hundred percent. Andrew Parker says, if you could, I've even read this. If you could have a piece of AI to completely automate part of your life, what part would it be? And would you keep it a secret? Ooh. What about the perfect drive every time at golf, but the people that you're playing with don't know that you've got a, a magic stick? Oh, I think putting would actually be better. Yeah, whatever you're, yeah. you're, you're, you you're least good at. Sink, yeah. You could sink a putt from anywhere. That'd be pretty sweet. What about, what about a, a chipping it in? Um, the, yeah, that's going to start to be too showy. Like They're, they're going to spot that. You go chipping them in from everywhere, then people are going to ask questions. But if you just, particularly if you can activate it and turn it on and off, like you can override so you you control it, but you just have like 13 or 14 one putts around, you'd be on the tour in a matter of weeks. <laughs> you just, you putt it from the from the fairway, halfway up. Yeah, putt it off the tee. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're using the putter, it'll go in. Yeah. <sighs> the ball actually like... It's on a on a hole with a river or a lake running through it or something like that. The, the ball actually takes a 90-degree turn, finds the path, rolls over the path, gets back onto the fairway, continues its journey up. <laughs> Noah Daniel says, what does your travel playlist include? Um, I, I've got, for some reason, I've got to have I mean, a bit of I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I try to match it to the country that I'm in. Um, Although, when we were traveling around Europe... You tour- you're such a li- tourist. <laughs> no. no, but I mean, it's about the vibe. Like, um, I really enjoy, if I'm on an Australian road trip, Crowded House um, just works very well. Somewhere um, deep inside. Yeah. Um, when we were traveling around Europe, I actually was listening to the Alanis Morissette album, Jagged Little Pill, because on the trip with Steve Coogan... Uh, that's what they were listening to um, as a joke, that that was the one CD that Rob Brydon had packed. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, I, I do enjoy... Good album, like, by the way. <laughs> a great album. But I do enjoy a little bit of the bubbly. irony when I'm irony, on a road okay. trip. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasts as well. Yeah, I, I've found that I've just become... Does it mean I'm an old man? I just prefer talk back now. You know, just either... Like, uh, when, yes, when, it does. That's one of the definitions. Yeah, but it, is it a bad thing though? No, of course not. I, I just I just prefer to just listen to two people just shooting the shit now. I mean, yeah. that's, don't Depen- get me wrong. Sometimes depends on my mood. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm in the mood for a, you know a bit of walking on sunshine or something. But <laughs> um, anyway, one more question. Let's have a look. Uh, flicking through, kind of Mugford says, "What would your ideal doorbell song be?" Um, knock on wood. Yeah. How would that go in doorbell I, 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 I just thought what relates to a doorbell and knocking. I guess yeah. it's the opposite. <laughs> what, about, yeah. what about push it? Knocking on heaven's door. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, if I so like if it was me, and if it, what do I want to have played whenever someone knocks yeah. on my door? Doesn't um, have, have to be a song. Let's just make it can be any sound, anything. Any sound. What about Jerry going Ooh. hello? That'd be hard to tell. <laughs> Every single time. Every time. <laughs> uh, you haven't mixed it though. So sometimes it's George, sometimes it's um, Jerry. Just mix it all up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got a randomizer. <laughs> you shuffle it. That'd be good. A shuffle doorbell. Yeah, it would be pretty sweet. Except if you weren't paying attention, you'd never know if it was your house or not. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, just say it's 10 different things, but you know you get to pick which 10 different things. Yeah, okay. Anyway. All right, so that is the Patreon Mailbag for this week. Thank you guys for contributing. Love you all. Before we get into today's review, just need to remind you that this show is brought to you by Pop Culture Australia, actually the world's number one online store for officially licensed Simpsons merchandise. You can get booting flags, stonecutter rings, you can get uh, the cufflinks, the piggy cufflinks, all officially licensed, all available at popculture.com.au. Mm-hmm. And also, we have our monthly prize draw where one lucky listener out there, one lucky patron, I should say, will win a $50 pop culture e-gift card to use on some, I'm assuming, Simpsons merchandise. But you can use it on whatever you want on the website. There is thousands upon thousands of items. So, Maximum Homer Drive originally aired on March 28th. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't got your favorite moment. Oh, fuck. Didn't do favorite. I didn't even write it in my list. What would my favorite moment be yeah. from this? I really enjoyed Homer losing the uh, the editing contest. I've become everything I've ever hated. But also just the, <laughs> the, the visual of uh, not only him throwing in the towel per se, but the throwing the meat in just... Bleh, bleh. Yeah. Like, I imagine that's you yeah. on Friday night. <laughs> it was pretty close to that, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, I had um, so I mentioned the Jehovah's Witnesses. I really, li- I, I really did laugh at that. I enjoyed um, that little punk. Um, it was a funny moment. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think the most brutal line in there was the coroner to Marge. Uh, you better take one of these too. He's eaten quite a lot. Yeah, it was pretty funny, wasn't it? I also enjoyed. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we do the art review. So the um, the original air date was March twenty eighth, ninety nine. Chalk gag. It does not suck to be you. And a couch gag is the family uh, basically all reverse. Kids are, adu- are the adults and vice versa. Kicks off with the family around dinner. And Homer mm-hmm. tells a story about how he told the, the nurse to shove it. He didn't need the tetanus shot. And his jaw gets locked. We never found out why Lenny bit him, did we? Why do you think that was? Um, yeah, well, if Homer's given him no choice, what would make someone bite out? I reckon he squirrel gripped him. Like, I would only ever bite somebody if they had me in a hold. I don't think I can't think of yeah. any other reason to ever like it's, it's not it's not like a pinch you know you pinch somebody you would never bite somebody mm. biting is extreme yeah yeah it is I wonder if there's anyone out there that leads a fight with biting like that's move one for them you bite them early and let them know that anything could happen <laughs> all bets are off yeah it's like if someone walked up and bit you would you then turn yeah. around and fight them because it's like shit it's, if he's willing to like, bite me um, out of nowhere then what's what else I was going to say it's it's like in the last jedi where Luke th- Ryan Johnson has Luke throw away the lightsaber in the opening seconds and you're like well hang on this isn't going to be the movie i was expecting <laughs> Lisa storms in angry um, about the slaughterhouse being built mm. where they, she has a fair point here by the way i like the way that it was written in a way where at first you're rolling your eyes and you're like oh god but then it goes on. And you're like, oh no, yeah, go protest that. Oh yeah, <laughs> they yeah, should not be picking, doing picking that. Picking the cow and killing it in front of you. That this, this place would not fly yeah. ever. <laughs> uh, I was also thinking about this, by the way, that um, it would cost thousands of dollars a stake here because if you pick your cow, uh, you're buying the cow. Like, what's that? yeah, exactly. What that you have a bit of stake. There's still a lot of cow left. But Springfield is also a very wasteful society, so they just cut the stake and throw the rest out. Yeah, true. They're not a very rich society, though, so I don't know how they're doing this. Well, the slaughterhouse didn't last for longer than this episode, so I'm assuming they went out of business pretty quick. Terrible mm. business model. Yes. But, but anyway, Marge and, Homer, Marge and Bart, I should say, try to uh, justify killing the cows. Maybe they like being the center of attention or whatnot. And Homer says, let's all go to the slaughterhouse. So they go. Everything here is made of meat. But get rid of the fact that, you know, it's um, killing the cows in front of you and eating it. Take that aspect out of it. I still couldn't eat in this place, I don't think. It Like, everything made I of could. meat... You reckon? Everything, everything outside of the cruelty, yeah. Um, in fact, if I'm going to a steakhouse, I would prefer... I'm more than happy to not see a vegetable on there. Do we have a steakhouse in Geelong? We used to have Lone Star. Yeah, there's a couple. 
Um, so Parker's Steakhouse. Of course. Um, fuck, yeah. But I'm talking and, like where... See, Parker's to me feels more like upper class. I'm talking about like your family-friendly steakhouse, kind of like this place. Like, oh, no. What, those like places what, are shit. Yeah, like what, like what Lone <laughs> um, Star No, there's... Uh, well, there's Hogs Empire Breath. Grill, yeah. Uh, Empire Grill is upper class. That's more of a restaurant. It's just known for doing good steak. Yeah. Um, but no, Hogs Breath Cafe pitches oh, itself as that family-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember going there once, didn't like it, never been back. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Sorry, Hog's Breath. But, um, curly yeah. fries are curly. a fun novelty, but that's about as far as it goes. Until they enter your mouth. Mm, I think I'll take... Oh, that one. No, he's a bit listless, isn't he? Give me... Oh, that spirited fellow. He didn't put up much of a fight. Why don't you pick one for me? On second thought, I'll just have a glass of milk. From that cow. Huh? I did appreciate that. I want milk from that cow. From that cow. <laughs> Homer is annoyed by the 72-ounce steak. Like you said, two kilos. Like, 72 ounces to an Australian doesn't sound like much. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. Then you read, oh, it's two kilos. Oh, that's actually a fucking big steak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should be complaining about it. But um, then he decides to order the sirloin a lot instead, which is like their... It's like basically their bottomless deal. You know, like, it's, it's a huge thing. If you eat it... Was it if you finish it, you get to eat for free? Is that what it was? Um, was there was there a catch to it? I can't remember. Did they even say, or did you just get your photo on the wall? Maybe that, yeah. Maybe something like that. Actually, it doesn't even say. Yeah, no, you just get your... Like, the photo is just there for pride. That's two, not even two, part of the competition. Yeah, only, only two people have finished it, yeah. So, mm. this is where he meets uh, Red Barkley. Ladies and gentlemen, this brave man has accepted the Sir Loinalot Challenge. He will pit his stomach against 16 pounds of indomitable tenderloin. <laughs> They like me because I'm brave. Only two people have ever finished the whole thing. Uh, if you want some friendly advice, pal, I wouldn't tackle the biggin' right away. Oh, yeah? What do you know about it? Hmm? It's you! You're him! You're Tony Randall! Uh, Tony Randall of Odd Couple fame. Yeah, Odd Couple TV show, not movie, but yes. Yes. Um, which was also mentioned last week, The Odd Couple. Was it last week? Yeah, uh, like, I think Rimful it was Lisa. last yeah. week, yeah. Homer sang the theme song. Homer is offended by... Well, Red didn't call him a greenhorn. He just said it's not for greenhorns. So I guess he's kind of calling yeah, him a greenhorn. That's but that's an yeah. implication. He's yeah. implying, yeah. Homer challenges him to a duel of eating. Red just ate a whole lamb, but he accepts the challenge. Marge then questions Dr. Hibbert here, um, and Hibbert says all about it because you know, he's got 12% steak in the um, in the restaurant, got the Heimlich machine. Yep. Love this. Slip on the meat that she nearly choked on. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. As well. yeah, I, I, that um, that nearly slid into my to my favorite moments as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the, it's perfectly silly. That's the genius of Swartzwalder, though. To come up with something yeah. like that, like it's just so yeah. absurd, but it's great. It also um it, it also fits perfectly into. Oh, I was talking about Alanis Morissette, but the meat the scanning for that almost works with um. It's like slipping on your food when you've just had a Heimlich. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Alrighty Homer versus Red The eating contest Nobody likes Homer He's the away team In this situation And Homer start Filling up on bread Because he's a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> I liked how uh, How frantically He was trying to butter it Yeah look, look, But that's what you do You have some bread Before your meal like, he's, just, he's just doing What he normally would do uh, I loved Homer here of Most defeat guy I just met like we just had those moments, you know, when like you, you know, you're a late teen or whatever, and you're at the pub, and this guy you've never met before, or whatever, challenges you to a game of snooker, and it's like the mm. most important thing in the world that you must defeat this guy that you've just met. Like, yeah, it's like life or death. You cannot yeah. lose to this man. Your girlfriend never sees it that way. When three hours later, you finally tell her where you've been. Yeah, <laughs> it's worse than when your girlfriend's there, because then you really can't lose. Yeah, that's true. Oh, humans are so ridiculous. He's not even halfway through Walter, and he's already hallucinating. Lousy <laughs> <laughs> drunks. I'll show them. Sorry, there is a really beautiful sunset happening over Melbourne right now. Um, mark this date and time. I'm just, Wednesday 29th, 8.55. 10 to 9. If you're in Victoria, you I'm know, just go... know that we've, we've shared a moment. I'm going to go peek out the window. Hang on. There's a giant house in the way. I can't see it. But what is it? That pink? doesn't help. 
Uh, the sun also sets to the opposite side of your house. Um, uh, it does too, shit. Pink, pinks and reds, but it's just, uh, it, it was on the, the, they just flashed it. I've got the tennis on in the background. Um, looks really, really gorgeous. What's happening to me? There's still food, but I don't want to eat it. I've become everything I've ever hated. <laughs> uh, Homer's ashamed. Uh, he's, I guess he's never really met his match when it comes to eating before. It's just an amazing visual of him just Bart throwing it in, but it just won't stay in there. <laughs> Good sound um, yeah, too. Yeah, is he throw, he's throwing the towel red Barkley. So casual, just like, mm, that's delicious. And then he's just not moving. Homer, don't people usually breathe? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Hibber here covering up for the slaughterhouse lying about the food poisoning, which I thought was great. Oh, th- sorry. Yeah, probably at some other restaurant. Yeah. Red is in a slaughterhouse body bag and gives one to Marge too, as you mentioned. Homer then agrees to... Uh, I like this. So Homer agrees to drive Red's car for him. And Marge, oh, no, Homer, no. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, just please don't. And then, uh, but says he wants to go with him. Don't you have school? Don't you have work? Ah, touche. <laughs> Yeah, and then Homer makes Marge give the fake goodbye, which is kind of sad. I kind of feel bad for Marge here. She just sucks it up and just tells Homer what he wants to hear. I was kind of expecting that that would go somewhere. Like at that moment, you think that it's going to set up for some sort of Marge revenge plot, but yeah, I guess it, th- it never, just sort of gets never thrown really away. It. Yeah, um, but it was a good first act. Solid, really funny stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, the the first act um, was probably my favorite in in terms of like what did make me laugh. It, it was largely front loaded. I, I guess it's it's a kind of absurd uh, way to lead into the um, the main story of Homer being a trucker, but it makes sense mm. as well. Like it, it, it's I wouldn't say it was seamless, but it all made sense. Like it was believable. Yeah, you know, it was it flowed well enough. Yeah, yeah. We come back and Homer is struggling to drive because he's probably never driven one of these things before. I could never drive a big semi-trailer like that. I'd just be too scared. Wouldn't be able to do it. I think I'd be able to change the gears slightly better, but I would crash into things. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, turn. Sometimes you see him turn corners. You know when you're parked at the lights and a truck's mm. turning the corner and you swear mm. it's going to just wipe you out, but it just yeah. somehow misses you at the last second? Yeah. Yeah. They need to get to Atlanta in three days. Oh, so Homer, play some Spice Girls here. What I loved about it was, it wasn't a case of, oh, whoops, this is the wrong thing. They both just start, or Homer just starts enjoying the Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it does, um, it does timestamp the episode a little bit, but... Oh, no, one of these uh, pretty timeless, I, I, man. Yeah, I suppose. In terms of, yeah, if you're going to replay a song, it's probably going to be that one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's of all the Spice Girls songs, at least. I like that, that song, in all honesty, when it comes to pop songs, top 10 for the 90s in, in regards to... Legacy, longevity. Mm. The kid wants the horn, as you mentioned before. This is Elliot's new favorite thing. So, he, he, when he's, whenever he sees a car, he goes, toot, 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 toot. he does the action and everything. Cars honk for him. He loves it. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if you ever driving past Elliot, make sure you honk your horn, listeners. Uh, little punk. I'll teach him some manners. Ah! No, Dad. He wants you to blow your horn. Oh. little punk. Marge receives a postcard. This is the thing. This is the one part of the episode where I went, what? What? How? How has Homer sent a postcard? And apparently he's been sending lots of them because she goes, how many of these is he going to send me? How I assume been... that's been like a, a, a lifetime thing. Okay. But still, how has he had the time to send a postcard? They had three days to get to Atlanta. And how has the postcard arrived? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, how, how has he had the time to write a postcard, post it, picked up and deliver to Marge? In mm. one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Um, not possible. No. Unless he dropped it off on the way. Um, but it's a classic wish you were her, which is great. Mm. I love that he sends that to his wife. And um, then Marge just wants a bit of excitement in her life, so they go to buy a musical doorbell from Senor Ding Dong. Um, Nelson putting the flaming bag on Gil's doorstep. Oh, Gil. Just ne- can't catch a break, can he? <laughs> he can't. No, poor Gil. Um this one, I did see that there was a criticism that they'd quoted on Wikipedia about maybe overusing Gil. I could almost see the point in this moment 
but overusing it. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just like very quickly, he's appeared in a lot of episodes, but I really did like his ha cha chas huh? And then just the little noise that he makes afterwards was he's just, quite He's just enjoyable. become the new Hans Molman, really. A little bit. Where, where, like, when I say that, Hans Molman would be killed every time, but he's just become that recurring, we need to do something bad to a, to a character. Who's the, who's the one we can do it yeah. so people won't feel too bad? So, yeah, so then Gil's a bit concerned that Lisa's going to steal his job. Yeah. Another piranha in the tank. Homer and Bart are at the truck stop. I love the vibes of these kind of like proper truck stops. Like when we were driving from, when we drove from... Cariah Bay Roadhouse? It? Yeah, Cariah Roadhouse is a great place. When we drove from, um, it would have been LA to Las Vegas. There was a 50s yep. diner about, I don't know, an hour outside of Vegas. Yeah, and nice. Fuck, it was so cool. Like everyone, there, uh, all I did was quote Dumb and Dumb the entire time I was there. But still, just <laughs> throwing salt at people. Yeah. <laughs> he got kicked out of the joint. <laughs> Found a guy called Seabass and charged the bill to him. But it was um, <laughs> it was it was just great. Like I, it was the first time where I felt like I was in America. If that, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, quintessential. What defines America or what defines your image of it? Roadhouse yeah. is right up there. I felt yeah. the same way in um when I. Like in every New York diner that I went to, I was like, yep. "Yes, this is it. This yep. like I feel in touch with the city's history here." Apparently, you got to have a pizza or a pie when you go to Chicago. Yeah, deep dish. Um, yeah, they're known for their deep dish pies. There's an American guy at work called Roland, and like the eyes roll to the back of his head whenever he thinks about a Chicago deep dish pie. I've, I've met Roland. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you met Roland? Okay, I, maybe yeah. one of my parties or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like he, I've. Chicago is one of the places I want to go to if we ever go back, just to not just to try that pie because I've heard Chicago is quite a dangerous place. But Chicago just has. I want to go to a Chicago Cubs game because I feel like I feel like the Cubs are the team that I would support if I followed baseball. Yeah, okay. You're New York, aren't you? The Mets, yes. Mets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that because Seinfeld follows the Mets? Uh, it's just because the Mets were playing when we were there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, that was that was a t-shirt I ended up with. So Hoberon is devising a plan. To never return home because he loves the truck stop so much. He's going to marry Gwen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, Marge and Lisa are installing the doorbell. And Marge won't let Lisa push the doorbell. They, she wants to wait for a guest. She wants it to be an authentic push. And they're waiting, waiting, waiting. Then Millhouse, I love this. Millhouse is selling seeds. Uh-oh, the bird's oh, got him. The bird's got him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Jehovah's Witnesses, as you said. People are coming. I think they're Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. Wait, Marlon, you know, I just had a thought. Maybe we're bothering people by trying to change the religion. What if we don't have all the answers? You're right, Noreen. Let's go get real jobs. Hmm, I would have feigned interest. Really funny stuff. Then she calls uh, Luigi's. Homer's got it on speed dial under fire. Um, but the wise guy will not ring the bell because he's knocked on the door. Marge like, ring the bell. Nope. So he just leaves. You want your half order of garlic bread or not? <laughs> half order. <laughs> what's what's the what's the bare minimum you've ever ordered from a restaurant? Uh I don't know. There've been times that I've just ordered a coffee or something so I could use a toilet. I was gonna say, yeah, when you have to use the bathroom, like you buy a chewing yeah. gum or something, yeah. Yeah. Homer and Bart are now at the drive in. Uh, this is also great. Uh, this is one of my favorite moments actually, just Homer and Bart bonding over how shit the movie is. It ain't everybody, stupid. <laughs> uh, then they're fishing. Oh, how great was this for a throwback? They go back to the same store that General Sherman guy was in. Oh, yeah. Goes by the name of Homer. <laughs> well, Congress is reaching back to Washington to outlaw these. Um, they realize they're way behind schedule. Um, and So Homer gets wired up on the pills, falls asleep, and... This was a really good cut to commercial where you think the truck's going to crash. So, what's going to happen Go next? Off cliff. Yeah. Yeah. We come back and the Navitron auto driver has kicked in and they arrive. I love, this is a great title. The Gassy Knoll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all the truckers then explain the scam. Well, they don't realize that the Homer's a non-trucker. They sort of let it slip. They explain the scam. And then they threaten Homer. If you let our secret slip, then you're in big trouble. Come on out, boy. It's Nobody's driving. Relax, everybody. The Navitron Auto Drive System is driving the truck for me. But keep it a secret. It's a big scam, okay? 
Looks like we got us uh, 1038. Uh, 1038. Uh, let's see. Uh, outsider blabbing about auto drive system. Well, we'll have to teach our friend some discretion. Yeah, just like we did to Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> hey, shut up! Lisa cannot sleep, which is understandable because the doorbell won't stop. Also, we forgot to mention, by the way, the doorbell won't stop um, once it was pushed. Because, because Lisa says, that's it, I've had enough, I'm going to push it back before. Hmm. Homer, they, they, they go to fix it, but Homer has traded all of his tools for M&Ms and Marsh <laughs> just decides to pull the wire and then it starts speeding up. Speeding I, I, up and getting louder. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, this doorbell was one of the most annoying doorbells I've ever heard. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's like one line from one verse of one song. I just yeah. couldn't do it. Homer then notices a convoy behind him, thinks it's one of the most beautiful things in the world, but doesn't realize they're preparing for a showdown. <laughs> Go, he, he speeds up he thinks the auto driver will fix it all but no the auto driver this was kind of like a um, 2001 Space Odyssey vibe don't you reckon I'm sorry Homer I cannot let you oh yeah that's exactly what they were going for yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the auto driver bails gotta go Homer pulls off pretty much the same kind of thing that Marge did with the um, with the Canyon Arrow and the Rhinos and whatnot. yeah Just, similar actually yeah yeah now that man is a genuine steel belted gear jam and rig jockey mm, that's a fact boy howdy oh, you say that again yeah you know, boys, I've been thinking. Maybe it's time we ditched our high-tech gizmos and went back to driving like our daddies did. Drunk? No, no, no. Using our hands and our wits. Yeah, sure, it's hard work and it's lonely as hell, but it has meaning and dignity. Huh? What do you say? Nah, let's just find some other scam. Hey, how about bootlegging Beanie Babies? Sounds yeah, good to me. I like that. Now, this is the dated line here. Bootlegging Beanie Babies. Yeah, that's true. Beanie Babies, we still sell some occasionally, but no, the new thing is pop vinyls. Like they, yeah, yeah. Be- Beanie Babies for a while were fucking the thing, man. Oh, yeah, I know they were huge for a time. I'm yeah. sure that you still... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that anyone that paid the thousands of dollars that they were going for is probably now looking back on not the soundest investment I've ever made. They now arrive in Atlanta the home of Ted Turner's mood swings, according to the sign. And they arrive with the artichokes and the migrant workers. Bart then wants to know how they're going to get home, which is a good point. I didn't even think about that. And then Homer says, the good Lord will provide. And the train of napalm that needs to be delivered to Springfield arrives. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of Homer and Bart for the episode. Then we get back and the town are outraged, outraged by the doorbell. Wiggum's about to shoot it. And then Senor Ding Dong Stops the doorbell with... Oh, does he stop the doorbell? Yeah, he stops the gun and then he stops the doorbell with his whip. Yeah. Yeah. Just as a aside, I just Googled Beanie Baby uh, and yep. what has come up instead, um, and maybe because I've spelled it... I don't know how the, the doll B- is spelled. B- B-E-A-N-I-E. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so what's come up instead is just a lot of photos of actual beanies for babies. Okay. So it's just... Babies left and right wearing beanies. One of the cutest fucking things. Possibly. Uh, But but in the meantime, that's one of the cutest things I've ever seen on eBay. (laughs) But uh, but I say, but Elliot's got a um, a beanie, but it's Yoda. Yoda's ears. Oh, yeah, that's cute. It's adorable. (laughs) So, all in all, yeah, like I said at the start, I thought this was really fun. One of my favorites of season 10. I just, I could, it's one of those ones that I can remember watching for the first time. And yeah, I've just, I guess it was on my tape because, you know, when back in the day when you record episodes, I don't know whether you did, but I used to record the episodes. So you just watch the same ones over and over again. And this was yeah. always this was always one of those ones. But yeah, I've just, there's nothing that upsets me in this one. Like you said, it's not necessarily the funniest episode, but it's just consistent and it's just, it's just nice. It's one of those ones you can put on and just have it on in the background and just have it on and go, oh yeah, I like this one. Yeah, that's fair. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that you can indeed get sick of the song Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear. You definitely can. I learned that advertising space on body bags is an untapped market. It, the, yes, that's very true. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Mail bag. Have people sent questions through this week? That is the uh, question I posed to you. We've got a couple. Um, couple. Let's start with one from Emma. Uh, so Emma, long time listening for a long time. Um, can't wait for the episode review of Guess Who's Coming to Criticize Dinner. Um, mm, she has a question. 
and a theory to suggest. Her theory is that people's favourite seasons of The Simpsons typically depend on what season was showing as new in their country when they were about nine. Yep, I her favourite seasons. Yep. Yeah, her favourite seasons, 10 to 12, were showing in the UK when she was nine, i.e. old enough to have heard about it at school and watched it at friends' houses, but too young to watch it at home without my parents turning it over. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think for the vast majority, that is... 100% true. Yep. Um, it's, it's the one you grew up... It's, it's like that with everything, though. You think the best is the one that you grew up... When you were old enough to understand what was going on, say, like, 7 yep. to 10, That's that, you always yep. think that's the best era. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably... Like, I've slightly swung back to more seasons 2 through 4, but I definitely, pref- for a long time, seasons 5, 6 were my favourites, and that about matches up. They would have been the ones that I was watching when I was 8 or 9 years old. Yeah. Well, for, for me, no, it would have been... Not eight. Or, you would have been eight or nine at that point. You would have been about seven, six or seven. Because um, I was like, I was I, like I'm this. wondering if there was a, d- a delay when we were getting them though. Oh, I don't maybe. know if we were getting anyway, them. Anyway, but yeah, I um, anyway, I remember, and I think it's a case of I can look back now and say I know season four through six are the best, but seasons like six, seven, eight are my favourites because of that reason. That that's when I was first allowed yep. to watch The Simpsons, and that's the ones I remember. It's that nostalgia for those ones. That's why I prefer those ones, but I know the better ones are a little bit earlier, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, The question that has come from Emma is that if Homer is in his late 30s, um, based on the current era, that would make him a millennial. How do we feel about this? I I don't know. Like, I I know that they've said he's in his late 30s, but I've always seen Homer as older than that for some reason. I've always seen him as like an... I think they he's changed for like thirty nine, thirty six, whatnot. I've always seen him as like a early to mid forties. Yeah, he's like he always seemed, felt he, that he, way he for seems, me as well. He seems like he'd be at at least a forty year old. I don't know. Mm. I, I just get that vibe. Yeah, but I I couldn't really care either way. That is millennial, but um, he certainly doesn't behave like one. That's for sure. No, definitely does not. Uh, Hamish Pat. Uh, yeah, Patterson writes in, Hey there, Mitch and Dando, just writing in from Frio to ask, what is your relationship with South Park? Including uh, in regards to how it differs from The Simpsons for us. Interested to hear our thoughts because he's currently on a rewatch of the show in parallel uh, to his journey through our back catalogue. So basically he started listening to us and he's also going through the, the South Park episodes. Guy um, and I were actually discussing today that we'd be interested to go back and have a look at some old South Park seasons because... really good. Yeah, like... I, I, South Park for me was always that show that I wasn't supposed to watch but always found a way to when mum wasn't around mm-hmm. but, I, but I haven't watched it since and I sort yep. of felt I, I kind of fell off about season four or five it was just a case of I just didn't have time anymore I just had other things going on in my life Yeah, and then I've, I've always wanted to revisit especially that first the first two seasons yeah the first two seasons um, like they're obviously they're entirely different to what the show became but it was also um, so there was raw. a lot of heart very raw, but there was a lot of heart in those episodes. Yep, deep down, I think like that. You know, that's probably why they sustained it. But it was really just two guys trying to be silly for a while, and then when they realised that they could sort of sustain what they had, that was when they started to take some really big swings and and make it a, a much bigger thing. I've all the respect in the world for that show. Well, it's like Seinfeld. They didn't realise until the marine biologists they could do whatever they wanted. Um. Larry David's gone on record as saying once they mm. knew, once they did that and people accepted it and just laughed at it, the fact that a whale had Kramer's golf ball in its blowhole, they were like, all right, yeah, all, all bets are off now. We can do whatever the fuck we want and people will just buy it. Yeah. But for me, the two um, biggest the two biggest cliffhangers of my childhood were Who Shot Mr. Burns and Cartman's Mum Was a Dirty Slut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in both cases, everyone in town was a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I never actually thought I might sound silly here, but was that a parody of Who Shot Mr. Burns? Uh, I wouldn't have thought. You wouldn't have thought? Okay. No. Um, anyway, that'll wrap it up the mailbag this week. I did just want to uh, quickly tell, like some people are aware that uh, we went, well, I, I mentioned that we went to New Zealand. The reason we went there was to um, fulfill a kind of a desire for Ash, who for years has wanted to bungee jump off the uh, Nevis bungee at the, uh, sorry, the AJ Hackett bungee at the Nevis um, Gorge. So it's bungee off a suspended platform, 134 meters up in the air. Um, and we did it. Can I say one of, not one of, the single scariest thing that I have ever fucking done in my life, but so happy that I've done it. 
Um, what was it, it like it, go, going down? What was mm. what was what described the feeling going down? Uh, so momentary weightlessness, but you do um, you don't really feel it because you're accelerating. So weightlessness is probably the wrong word, but like it's you're really aware of just how quickly you're gathering speed. Um, one of those things where I was quiet for the first little bit and then involuntarily was just let out a big, Whoa! as I, as I just, I needed to say something because of the pressure. And then when the cord snapped, um, and started to hit the brakes, the most insane pressure and rush of blood to the head that I've ever felt. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got some pretty sweet footage with the GoPro and just see veins popping that I didn't know existed. Um, then when you do on that first bounce, then you do get a pretty cool moment of weightlessness as you get thrown around and have no control. Once you realize um, that, the, that everything, nothing's malfunctioned, then you can relax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> the thing that I did love, so I'm in the chair waiting to get ready and like they, they had pretty upbeat music. Um, they're just trying to keep everything high energy and try to keep people calm um, and as much as they can. Um, but the song that was playing as I was sitting in the chair is that... Uh, don't you worry, don't you worry, child, because heaven has a plan for you. <laughs> I was like, Fuck, I don't want to hear that. That's got to be a rib. They, got, they do it. I wanted giggles. I, I would have preferred. I believe I can fly. <laughs> well, what about um the Superman theme? Oh yes, that would make anyone be... jump. Totally, like Lots, in in like a good in a run, good way. You know what I mean? Run yeah. and jump, yeah. charge out there. I don't know about you, but for me, if Nicola was about to do it, I feel like I couldn't watch. I feel like I'd be too scared. Something's gonna oh, happen. Oh yeah. So, um, on the, when you're in that platform, there's like a little couple glass cutouts so you can view underneath the platform. When yeah. Ash went, it, because it's dropping straight below you, you kind of lose a bit of perspective on it and it just looks like you, they're going to keep falling forever. And that was a real heart-in-the-mouth moment for me. Yeah, I can um, imagine. I don't think, yeah. I can think I could look at all. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so like if anyone is on the fence, highly recommend it. If anyone really does not, like if you don't see yourself doing it, don't because it's the scariest fucking thing you will ever do. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe just do a small one off the been, like, just, just do off the Sydney Harbour Bridge instead, a bit smaller. I think if you're going to go, just go big. Nah. <laughs> I did see a 79-year-old um, do it off a smaller one on the on our trip, which was pretty impressive. Oh, so there's different tiers? Yeah, I... Uh, different locations. There's a f- there's a few different bungee jump areas yeah. around Queenstown. Fair enough. Well, good on you for doing it anyway, because I couldn't do it. Thank you. Uh, I will get a video up to the patrons. I'm in the process of editing it. We there were a few other bits and pieces that we're including in there. Well, if there's any reason to subscribe to Patreon. That's that's the big one right there. Fuck the Talking Seinfeld podcast. Fuck Talking Futurama. See, fuck everything see else. Mitch's head turn a shade of red that it has never been and look like it's about to explode. Yeah. Oh, actually, there's also, there's an amazing bit. So, you, um, the bungee strap itself is attached to a harness um, with a clip around about your waist. And then your feet are just sort of strapped in to keep you stable. But then after the second or third bounce, because on this bungee, instead of lowering you to the ground, they bring you back up to the top. You have to pull on this little strap to release your feet. So, then that way you spin back around. So, you're, you're not sitting upside down for too long. It's not the end of the world if you don't, but it's a lot more comfortable if you do. Um amazing footage from the GoPro of Ash really struggling with her left arm to undo that clasp. And um, Was there panic? The sl- the sl- not so much panic, it's more determination, but the slow motion replay of it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, mostly for the, the grunting, just this... <laughs> and then you hear this little metal ting, and then... <laughs> like, like she gave herself like, like, a little yes, a little pump up. Was it like Homer hitting the baseball in slow mo? <laughs> uh, but yeah, in all seriousness, though, you get access to that video plus um, the Talking Seinfeld, Tales of Futurama, Stranger Things podcast, Mandalorian podcast, all our top tens, all our movie guy podcasts. So many hours of exclusive content at uh, patreon.com slash four figure discount. Next week, I shall look it up right now what we are going to be reviewing. We're getting close to the end, Mitch. We are. Yeah. Uh, next week, we are reviewing... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, uh, Simpsons Bible Stories? Yeah. This is my, one of my least favorite ever. I'm yeah. sorry. It'll be interesting I'm sorry. to revisit. 
Yeah, no. I, yeah, it's honestly, we'll have, I'll, it will be revisiting it because whenever I see the first shot of the melting Easter bunny on Reverend Lovejoy's You generally podium, turn it off. I turn it straight off, yeah. Nah. Maybe it's better than what I remembered. Anyway, so Simpsons Bible Stories I, is next I, week. I, I promise I it'll be I remember fun. liking it. Yeah, it's probably better. I actually do. I didn't. I remember not minding the um, David versus Goliath story with Bart. And yeah, Nelson. like that was a cool one. It's, it's uh, I liked the um, freeing the Israelites as well. Like I, I think there's a lot, that, a lot to dig in this. It's almost like a Treehouse of Horror episode, um, which I enjoy. Like uh, I would take this over a clip show. So Simpsons Bible Stories is next week, and then we have one, two, three, four, five more episodes before Mitch packs his bags and leaves us forever. But you guys can't wait for that one, eh? I just heard the collective cheer. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Thank you once again for listening to our review of Maximum Homer Drive. Don't forget Patreon for a bunch of exclusive content. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Shh.